and everything that makes country racing great. This is Bushbeat on Radio Tab. Heads are turned for home in the Battle of the Bush now. Ella Beach tackled by Beware. VJ Day, a Moody Bay pushing into the clear now. Followed by Hit Snooze on the outside and running on fairly is Expellable. But hitting the lead is a Moody Bay. A Moody Bay, VJ Day going with a Moody Bay. They settle down to fight it out. But it's uh, coming clear now, a Moody Bay. And they're going to do it again. It's Cairns and Stanley taking the Battle of the Bush from VJ Day. Now, Kettleston has rushed up into third place and fourth. Might have been Jarhead, third and fourth. Yes, as Brett Moody said in his wonderful call there Saturday on Tats Day at Eagle Farm in the 2022 Battle of the Bush final, they're going to do it again, Cairns and Stanley, and they did with a Moody Bay defeating VJ Day, Kettleston and Jarhead in the big race for 2022. As we welcome you to Bushbeat for another week here on Radio Tab, rounding up all of the country news and plenty of news coming our way today. A special guest on the program had a magic day out at the tracks on the weekend. I say tracks because she had winners both Saturday and Sunday. We're also going to look back at uh, Alpha Cup Day on the weekend. It was Laura Cup Day Saturday. The Burn It to the Beach series wrapped up at Nanango, also racing on Saturday at Gladstone and Roma, and plenty of other news around the countryside as well. But, of course, all eyes were focused on the Eagle Farm program Saturday for the Battle of the Bush Grand Final, and we're going to look at that in a bit more detail this morning. And to help us do that, looking in detail, is Rob Luck. G'day, Rob. Hey, good morning, Tony. Good morning, listeners. Oh, well, in Brisbane, Tony, it's a chilly day out here with that little breeze niggling away at us out here, but uh, lovely weather otherwise. It's uh, a beautiful time of year, nice, crisp, sort of uh, early winter sort of feel. It, it definitely is. Tony, who says history never repeats? Uh -huh. I think there was a song about that, but... Uh, it was split ends, yeah. Yeah, Olivia Cairns and Justin Stanley, and uh, you could almost see the script being written uh, with... Uh, uh, Brett Moody with the, the call uh, after doing the inaugural call in 2018 when the same combination won with Mason's Chance. And uh, I'm just wondering if Olivia was uh, crossing fingers and toes when it was a case of history repeating as we have her on this morning. And congratulations to you, Olivia. A wonderful achievement with a Moody Bay. Congratulations on taking the Battle of the Bush final again. Thank you very much. Has it sunk in yet, Olivia? Uh, yeah, yes and no. Um, we're back home. We got here um, back home yesterday. And, yeah, I mean, all the congratulations and everybody sort of still talking about it. Um, yeah, I suppose it's, yeah, starting to sink in. <laughs> two, two, 2018 uh, was the first and inaugural uh, Battle of the Bush win. Was there any different feeling? Has it grown in stature to you? Uh, were you? Were you hoping that history would repeat or you were pretty confident the money was there, obviously, being 290 favourite? Um, the punters jumped on board, a Moody Bay, and it was a convincing winner in the end over VJ Day. Uh, was there any difference in feeling this, this time around? Um, oh, look, the first one is always going to be special. Um, I don't think you can sort of replace that. Um, but, you know, it certainly doesn't take anything away from the excitement um, and the achievement of, of Saturday's win as well. Um, you know, like like I say, the inaugural um, can't be replaced and, and the horse is very special um, and, the, you know, he still races with us now. Um, but, yeah, like, like I say, take nothing away from Rudy Bay. It was a terrific win. 
Olivia, I've made the comment over the uh, perhaps this year and also last year that I, I had the feeling that trainers and connections were starting to really get the, what the Battle of the Bush concept was all about. I know there's been a slight tweaking of some of the conditions, but I guess the initial one when you had Mason's chance there, it was trying to work out how do I qualify for this final and get to Eagle Farm. It's a lot more, well, I'm, I'm guessing, is it a lot more uh, clearer now what sort of horse you need to take out a Battle of the Bush? Um, yeah, I think so. I also think the quality of horses is sort of getting better every year. Um, yeah, I think that you know people sort of didn't have much clue the first year, and it was all a little bit you know thrown in the basket. But now you know it's it's sort of a planning thing. You know, it's sort of something you got to look forward twelve months ahead. I think to sort of um, you know to, to make it a success sort of thing. It's it's not easy to to give a horse five country runs and then you know and then chase a qualifier it pretty well takes out a whole campaign so it's sort of i've found like you know with this horse sort of sneaking runs here or there so i didn't sort of have to chase like i did with mason's chance made it an awful lot easier um with this horse only sort of had to have one country run before i went into a qualifier this year and then i was able to give him that sort of five weeks before before the final which you know gave him plenty of time to freshen up where poor old mason i think he ran seven weeks in a row and then had the fortnight off before the final. So he covered like 5,600 kilometres, I think we worked out, the year that he won it. Yeah. <laughs> um, but this fella did it a little bit easier. But like I say, a little bit smarter now, a little bit wiser, a bit more aware of you know, what it takes to qualify and, and what you have to do and what sort of horse you need, yeah. And Olivia, it's a little bit easier now too because the country cups and country stampede with their uh, entry requiring a few non-TAB runs means that if you've got that in place going in and that's what Amudi Bay did and that's the first time I noticed him was that country cups run I think it was fifth last year that that gives you that freedom leading into the battle of the bush doesn't it that you're not looking at five you're possibly looking at as you in your case only the one yeah, that's right. Um, that, that's sort of how we got away with it this year with a Moody Bay. Um, but, you know, bearing in mind, he still had to get those country runs to get into the to the country cups final. Um, but it just, it did make it a lot easier for the Battle of the Bush. Yeah, definitely. And after that country cups run, I mean, he's 1,600, back to the 1,200. We, we always comment about this Battle of the Bush. You're sort of great if you've got a horse that's got the strength for 1,400. Was it always your intention to go that way and, and keep away from the distance races back to the sprinting journey? Uh, look, not really. I mean, we always sort of thought, you know, Battle of the Bush should be good earlier on in the year for him, 1,200. But I never sort of thought that he'd come back as strong as he did. So this was, I left him down in Brisbane after he had that second mile run um, last campaign. And he spelled down there at my mum's place. And he just come back so big and so strong. Like when we got him, you know, he was a fairly light horse for the size of him and and he didn't have a lot of sort of muscle but you know with a good spell he's come back big and strong and he was just he was a different horse from the get-go this time and that's when we thought that he would be a pretty good contender and I actually took him down to Eagle Farm for his first run back because I had to go down to pick up another horse and um, so I took him down for his first run and, and it was enormous his first run so and that was around the sort of Sir Warwick form I think he ran second horse and and, um, you know, probably had he had a run under his belt, he probably nearly wins that day. So it, um, it sort of, the riding was on the wall there, I thought, you know. After you won that uh, leg at Home Hill, uh, then, as you say, came down to the southeast. And I see trialled at the Gold Coast the week before the Battle of the Bush final. Was that part of the success, do you feel? A little bit of, you know, no travel the week before, but then acclimatising to slightly different conditions away from home and just keeping that, those legs fresh with that trial? 
Um, oh, look, yes and no. Like, I was in three different minds of what to do with him. I, I, the only thing I did know is I didn't want to start after Home Hill because, I would, one, I didn't want him to get him away because the horse was going so well. It didn't matter where I took him, he was going to win. Um, and I sort of wanted to get him to the final, you know, with as less weight as we could. So that was you know, one of our biggest reasons for not starting. But um, I'd actually planned to trial at Rocky on the way down um, the week of the race, but then they changed the, the trials for the following week. So it sort of put a bit of a spanner in the works and, and it was a sort of a last-minute plan to give him... He had had a trial here at Mackay after the races a fortnight earlier and, and it was a last-minute plan to sort of throw him in that trial at Rocky... Oh, at, <clears throat> at the Gold Coast, sorry. Um, it did yeah, it did allow him to sort of have a, a soft week. Um, yeah, I didn't have to gallop him after that. And, um, yeah, worked out pretty well in the end. Sounds like a faultless campaign all the way through. And then you combine the Justin Stanley-Olivia uh, Cairns combination. It's a wonderful combination you have. Have you permanently booked him up for future Battle of the Bushes, by the way? <laughs> <laughs> oh, I think it's a bit of a given. I think if I've got one good enough, I'm sure he'd be there. <laughs> The, the record now from Moody Bay, that's for, uh, 10 wins and, and eight placings out of the 45 starts and prize money is now up over the, the 330000 mark and obviously Saturday would have helped out there a great deal. What plans with him now? Um, he will go to the Rocky Newmarket now um, and then to the Mackay Newmarket and more than likely the Cleveland Bay and Townsville. And then probably after that, um, if he's still going all right, I mean, he, you know, he is a Brisbane-class horse, I think, and that's probably where he needs to be. So we'll go from there. And what do you do with Mason's chance? I know he ran down the tail of the field in the, in the race that uh, he ended up in there on Saturday in that benchmark 78. He ended up 10th behind Un- Uncommon James for the O'Day Hoisted stable. What do you do with Mason? Um, uh, Mace is actually going to start here on Friday um, in 1100 metre, the Lightning. Maybe a little bit short for him, but he's sort of getting getting a bit strong in his races, pulling a bit hard, so we're just sort of going to go back in distance, more speed on and try and get his manners a little bit better. Um, yeah, I thought he didn't run a too bad a race there on Saturday for the company that he was in. It was a shame that he didn't make it into the Battle of the Bush. Um, he was a very unlucky second at, at Bowen, and then I was unable to start him again after that. Um Well, I think the quality showing through again with these finals, uh, Olivia, uh, Moody Bay, and there's a bit of a pattern there with going on to the Cleveland Bay. Um, Of course, Hanover Square, I think, uh, was a third placing. Deadly Choices has won it, and he he won the country uh, cups um, one or two years ago. There's a real quality factor, and you consider that you beat VJ Dayhove, and he won the country stampede. It's really stacking up. As, as a good quality race as well. Yeah, for sure. Yep, definitely. Like, you know, I think like the last couple of years, definitely Brisbane standard horses. Like, I don't think a Moody Bay would be out of place, you know, to have a whole campaign down south at all. You know, I think he'd hold his own. So, you know, that, that, that takes pretty strong form into, you know, what, what's meant to be a, a country race. But, you know, I think, you know, at the beginning it, it was, but now it's sort of getting stronger and stronger, which is good, you know, like it encourages people to buy better horses and better racing. So... It's it's good for the industry. Yeah, when it's a two hundred thousand dollar final, it, it really does inspire people. The, the RQ have raised the bar with the prize money, so everyone else has to raise the bar with the sort of horses they have there. But I say one thing that uh, the the crowd noise has raised the bar as well. The last couple of years, and Rob, we were talking about this last week on the show, and you can hear it again there today. And the, uh, when we replayed the race there from Saturday, the crowd really get behind it at Eagle Farm. It's wonderful, Olivia. 
I'm one of those that don't. I'm not, I don't join the crowd. I um, I actually watched the race on my own at the table inside at the function. <laughs> <laughs> just just me and uh, me and the table. Everybody was outside, and there was no noise, and there was no screaming, and I was quietly cheering inside. You know, when I saw him barge his way out, I knew he was going good enough to keep going. And yeah, you know, I, I never I never even made a noise, but my God, my heart was beating. <laughs> <laughs> Can imagine so. Thank you so much for joining us on Bushbeat uh, this morning to uh, celebrate the win there of Moody Bay. Wonderful victory in 2022. And fingers crossed for you that it might just be a, a three-peat come 2023. You never know. Good on you, Olivia. Olivia Cairns with us there, Rob, the uh, trainer of Moody Bay. We're going to listen back to the Battle of the Bush final in full and then dissect it a little bit here on Bushbeat. This is the Battle of the Bush 2022. Light is on. Ready. Racing this time. In the end, a pretty good line out of Moody Bay was well served and Raiden looking for a forward position. Ella Beach, the grey mare, is going quickly with VJ Day and Beware. They're the first trio running to this first turn. Wide on the track is Hit Snooze, who's uh, going forward there. They're followed by Arwanichi just ahead of it, getting a nice run as a Moody Bay. Running in about sixth place on the turn onto the side of the track. Then comes Cappuccino. Expellable is there, about four lengths off the lead. They're followed next by Frisco's Image. Back Back on the inside is Raiden Rails in run, though. They're followed on its outside. They're going forward by Star of O'Reilly. Mossini just looking for cover, looking for something to take it into the race. Well back in the field then comes Jarhead. Such a win as well back. And Kettleston last hooking to the outside. Heads a turn for home in the Battle of the Bush now. Ella Beach tackled by Beware. VJ Day, a Moody Bay pushing into the clear now. Followed by Hit Snooze on the outside. And running on fairly is Expellable. But hitting the lead is a Moody Bay. Amuti Bay, VJ Day going with Amuti Bay. They settle down to fight it out. But it's uh, coming clear now, Amuti Bay. And they're going to do it again. It's Cairns and Stanley taking the Battle of the Bush from VJ Day. Now, Kettleston has rushed up into third place and fourth. Might have been Jarhead, third and fourth a photo. Followed by Cappuccino and then came Expellable not too far away. Followed then by Galatia. That was the Battle of the Bush in full grub from Saturday. Amudi Bay defeating VJ Day, Kettleston and Jarhead. And I think probably the, uh, the big thing there... Uh, only uh, something like uh, four and a half lengths covered the top five or co- covered the top seven or eight horses. And it was only basically 10 lengths from uh, top to tail as far as the entire field was concerned. David and Nathan made the, uh, the comment on Past the Post on uh, Sunday morning that uh, punters in the past might have been a little bit bamboozled by some of the country form. They weren't this year. Uh, Amudi Bay was well backed and started the $2.90 favourite. And I did a quick look at the pools on the way home from Alpha and they were pretty strong, Tony. I, I think they outdid quite a few of the races on the program and were probably comparable to some way to the Tats Tiara later in the program. So good support and there's plenty more coverage, isn't there, of the of the form. But you're right, I think we've made the comment about the quality of the, uh, of the winning group there and right down to Kettleston, what a run it was coming from uh, Barrier 16, the outside barrier. And Tommy Berry bringing it down the outside late in the race. Um, No real hard luck stories, I don't think, because the Moody Bay uh, just perfectly settled for Justin Stanley, came off the rails at the right time. And VJ Day, quality horse, 10 wins out of 12 at its last last 12 starts, uh, a worthy second. What about Jarhead from Ilfracombe, Tony? And I saw at the end of the the feature on uh, the replay, uh, Maureen Little and Rodney Little, they were the ones jumping up and down the stand. I, I said to Maureen's daughter during the week, I just 
want to see Rodney and Maureen get a win because that's what you celebrate when you get fourth. Mm. I'd hate to see what's going to happen to the stand when uh, they get the winner one year, Tony, because they really, really enjoy going down there. And great run by Jarhead. Yeah, no, there was a few runs I think we can really follow well. And as uh, uh, Olivia was saying there, you know, Moody Bay now heads towards races like Rocky Newmarket, the Mackay Newmarket, races like that. I think we're going to be able to follow some of this form uh, around some of the other uh, tab circuits, even a, a horse like Cappuccino running seventh for Jackie Crompton. Uh, there's going to be more wins at tab meetings in store for the likes of Cappuccino and uh, and a few of the other ones too. If they manage to make their way to uh, a tab program, Awanichi for Raymond Williams and, and Raiden for John Manselman, get them in their right sort of grade. There's going to be a very strong form line come out of the Battle of the Bush. Yeah, it was only 4.75 lengths back to Raiden in ninth place. In fact, it was a real crowd of them um, from uh, fourth back to ninth. They're almost in a line across the track with about 2.3 lengths covering the whole lot of them. And a couple of wide runs, I think, worth the mention. Massini for Dale Groves, Nathan for Sackley. No luck in being able to get in and really boxed on well into uh, fifth place. And Expellable, we heard Gary Bignall talk about in his preview that uh, Expellable had had a bit of an interrupted campaign. And Hits News improved a heck of a lot on last year. Georgie Holt had said there was a, a lot of interrupted preparation last year. Well, a much improved run again uh, from that galloper after sitting up on the pace. But it's going to just grow in stature, Tony, and I, I think it's it's cemented itself in the program, as I said last week. It's getting pretty close to being the first leg of the quaddy. And uh, when you start <laughs> getting those pool factors coming into play uh, and punters having the knowledge to punt with confidence, uh, it's, it rightfully finds a place on Tatsdiara. Day. Yeah, no, it certainly uh, found its home, I'm sure. And now it's going to be uh, interesting to see how, as I say, how this uh, form is going to stack up out of this sort of race. But uh, also then as we head towards December and start thinking about the Country Cups Challenge and the Country Stampede. We've got a, a host of news that we need to get through from the weekend. Uh, our special guest, I think, might be busy at the trials right now. We did have her online, but she just had to duck off, so we'll come back to our special guest in a moment. But we want to talk about what happened at Alpha on the weekend. Here's the cup. 400 metres as they come down to the home turn. We've got Burden on the inside. Louis the Legend feeling for pinch as they come to the turn. No innuendo starting to rattle home around the outside, live and flee back along the rails but Burden straightens up in front Gypsy Biker trying to find a way clear as no innuendo starts to charge, Burden under the whip, Robbie Farr trying to ride from go to woe on Burden with the Alpha Community Cup and Burden under strong riding takes the win by a length, no innuendo a big run, past tense, look at that from the back of the field into third. It was Burton taking out the Alpha Cup there on uh, Saturday. Rob, uh, big crowd there for the uh, the Alpha Community Cup program. This is a unique country meeting, Tony. It's uh, situated 167 west of uh, Emerald and uh, basically 200 k's from Emerald uh, from Longreach. Uh, it attracts such a young crowd. Everyone camps out. They they have a great party atmosphere. 3,000 people. Uh, there and it's only I think the second highest since uh, Alpha resumed. They do a great job. They improve facilities every year, and they worked hard on the track. The track played a little bit heavy on the rail part, probably one to three out, um, and that's why that win of Burden was so special for Robbie Farr and Clinton Austin. Robbie Farr had Barrier One. I was that, what, that worried. I had him on top and then changed my tip because he had Barrier One. Usually gets back in the field, and I thought, how's he going to overcome this heavy part of the track? Well, he. He just shot him out of the barriers, revved him up, and he went to the lead and shared the lead with Louis the Legend from the word go and just creep, kept increasing the tempo. And uh, Robbie Farr take a bow because it was a brilliant ride. 
after the win by Burden at Longreach the previous Sunday. He's a horseback in form. And no innuendo, uh, an improved, very much improved run going forward into a Cups campaign and uh, keep an eye on him. But past tense, it was 25 lengths behind the leader going down the back straight. Absolutely hates anything soft in terms of the dirt uh, conditions. And it rattled home, even though it was beaten uh, over five lengths. But Robbie Fa- uh, Farr and Clinton Austin, a great combination there with Burden, a very deserving winner of the Alpha Community Cup. The day belonged to Timmy Brummel and Boy Forster, and they commenced proceeding with a race-to-race double with prized artist. Uh, this one's placed three of its last four, defeated Typhoon, Talaya and Kukinta. And then Bittersweet Pluck in the Class B came off the maiden win at Barky at its first race for the uh, Boy Forster team. Oh, it was just way too strong. Bittersweet Pluck had defeated Red Zorro and Nitwit after basically leading throughout after rushing forward from um, an outside draw. And then in race four, uh, Asprey Park was their trifecta for the day. They had treble. Uh, Boy Forster, Timmy Brummel, two wins in a second. It's last three for the Rothsay. And again, it led all the way. And Timmy Brummel's got a knack of just being able to look over his shoulder in the straight on this horse, see how far he is in front. And that one by over a length from Curic and King Coney. And the other double provided on the day was for Mark Johnson and Pietro Romeo. Pietro riding back in the Central West. And uh, they had a good double with Auric Gold at huge odds, defeating Carino and You're My Hero in the Class 6. And then in the final race, the additional race over the 1700, Tango Tino and Portobello fought out the finish with Tango Tino getting up in a photo over Portobello. And Jerry Zander doing the same as uh, past tense, coming from about 25 lengths behind them into third place. Uh, so that was a good double there. And the other win on the day, was the return, a very strong return of Wall Street Tycoon for Todd Austin and Brooke Richardson, uh, basically leading all the way, defeating Drayman, who was up there with it throughout, and fully Max coming home. But Wall Street Tycoon, a horse on the way, I think you will find, to the country stampede. It's a meeting you can't replicate. It is unique to Alpha. They do a brilliant job. Congratulations all round to a small town putting on such a fantastic um, Community Cup race day, Tony. There were plenty of other cups on the weekend, Rob, and on Sunday uh, they tried to get out on the track the week before. Track was unsuitable for racing. They managed to get the Warwick Picnic Cup underway on Sunday. They up the tempo again after getting a bit of a mid-brace breather. And Abroy goes up and stares at Maha Mustang as they approach the turn. From Abwada here, coming into it is Vanasta and High IQ. And then came Sieko and Powers Lookout. So Maha Mustang shaken up at the top of the lane from Abroy. Vanasta's joining in pretty strongly. And then High IQ from Madam Grace. Vanasta to a narrow lead from High IQ. Abroy and Madam Grace only battling. Vanasta's in front. The only danger is High IQ who's coming. But Vanasta kicks and wins the picnic cup. Vanasta wins from high IQ. Third in Madam Grace who closed off pretty well. Abroy up for fourth just set two. Vanasta taking out the uh, picnic cup there at Warwick on Sunday Rob for uh, Corrie and Kylie Gearan and in amongst the ownership there Kobe O'Brien and all of his crew including our Battle of the Bush caller in uh, Brett Moody but that's not where the story uh, starts and ends. There is a massive story that goes behind what happened there at Warwick on Sunday. Oh, most definitely, and it started on Saturday at Nanango when uh, a young lady, Miss Emily Lang, rode her first winner on a first day of riding with Love Son for uh, Kevin Sims, and I was just watching the results come through on uh, Sunday, and I saw a, a Facebook post come up to say, Emily's got a race-to-race double, and then someone said, hold on a minute, you're gone a bit too early, she just keeps winning. We have Emily with us this morning because on the second day of a race riding, Emily... 
Uh, you have kicked home the five winners and you've got rid of the four kilo claim straight away. Congratulations on a huge day at Warwick. Uh, thank you very much. Because you've done so well at Warwick, take us through the program. I don't have to cover the seven races. You've got five of them. So tell us about each of the winners, please. Uh, so basically the first race, I was for my boss, Steve O'Day and Matt Hoisted, uh, Furnace on Fire. It was 800-metre race. Um, yeah, it was. I basically dumped and he led the whole way. I was really, really fortunate on Sunday to be given a really nice book of rides and Nice horses for good trainers, so it made my job a lot easier. And also the four kilos always helped. Um, I then rode poignant for Casey Fogden. Um, and then... Race two. Yep, yeah, then I went on to ride Chow Dicky in race three. And then Vanessa in the Picnic Cup. And I finished the day on Enterprise Maximus for Bo Gorman. I was going to say what happened in race four, but you didn't have a ride in race four. It was basically yeah. four rides for five wins. Yeah, no ride in race four. <laughs> I, we had Kobe O'Brien, the principal of uh, KO Racing, who owns Vanasta out at Alpha. I reckon he would have been getting worried that you were lining up for your fourth win because usually when you get two or three, you, you know, you worry when the jockey's on your horse, are you going to keep winning them? Had yeah. No reason for concern. It was a pretty strong win, uh, Vanasta. You were confident. I think I read somewhere that that was a horse you thought was your winner for the day. Yeah, yeah, no. Well, I, when I was originally booked to ride Vanessa the week before, I had a lot of phone calls from the trainer and owners and stuff saying that they're really confident in him and also spoke to Steph Lacey about Vanessa and she seemed to think that she'd go really well. So, yeah, it filled me with confidence before the race. It was a little bit of a false start the previous week. As I mentioned, uh, Warwick Picnics weren't able to get underway the previous Saturday, and that was meant to be your first day of race riding. So you had to then wait seven days to be able to get the uh, the first uh, winner under your belt, and that was Love Son for Kevin Sims in the uh, Benchmark 50 at Nanango. How was that then, the nerves of then thinking, oh, now I've got to wait another week? But then when you did get to Warwick on Sunday, were you somewhat more relaxed having already gone through the race day experience Saturday at Nanango? Oh, yeah, definitely. Um, having the day out the day before at Warwick made me feel a lot more confident and also sort of gave me a bit better of an idea of how it sort of works. And especially when you're new, even just getting your gear ready is a bit of a struggle in the room before you have to go out and ride them. So, no, it definitely helped me out having the little bit of a practice run the day before. I haven't seen this done um Tony and Emily, since a young lady out here back in 2018, Alicia Ross, on her first day riding. And everyone had been waiting for Alicia to get to the races. And I'm, I'm going to ask you that in a moment, Emily. But she had four rides at Longreach for three winners and a third and then uh, went to um, Barky for six rides for three winners and two seconds. So within two meetings, she'd got rid of that four kilo claim. In fact, her first 17 wins were only over 10 uh, meetings, unfortunately not riding at the moment and and uh she had the real boom on her now is this the case with you that like Stephen o'day is your current master and casey fogden had rides for you have trainers been waiting for emily lang to get to the races has there been that sort of boom surrounding you yeah i've sort of um taken me a while to get to the races with Stephen wanted me to um do a fair few more trials than you normally do just because he was like, you sort of want to have yourself as prepared as you can be before you go out and ride in front of people so that you can make a really good impression. 
So I sort of had a, had a lot of people asking me for a while when I'm going to get to the races and whatnot, and you just got to keep saying, oh, soon, <laughs> whenever Stephen lets me, I'll be there. When you say but, uh, a, fa a fair few more, come on, you can tell us. What are you, what is the uh, the minimum requirement? What was Mr O'Day's minimum requirement? Uh, so Stephen said I'd have to do at least 50 before I went to the before I went to the races, sorry. But um, I think I ended up doing well over that and just as many long jump outs. So I was more than prepared when I got there. But in saying that, Jeff Lloyd made his son Zach do over 100 trials and Zach's flying at the moment too. So there's got to be something there that helps. And this is when you only have to do 10, isn't it? Uh, 20. 20. 20, but All right. By the time I'd finished my 20th one, I was nowhere near ready and to go to the races yet. I was still making a lot of mistakes and whatnot, so Stephen definitely did the right thing by me, making me wait. I think he did the same to Aiden Holt, didn't he? Yeah, I'm pretty sure he made Aiden wait as well, but saying that too, he rode a double on his first day at the races as well, so he's got to... So it's, it's yeah. a new secret it's method? obviously proven to help you a lot more if you wait and do that little bit extra going to benefit you in the long run, I'd say. And in your case, you, horses have been your life, though. You're a rocky girl, and horses and eventing, they've been part of your life throughout, so it, it comes fairly natural, the riding part, to you. Yeah, definitely. But in saying that, though, when I first rode my first um, horse around the track, it's totally different. <laughs> you can be a great rider, like eventing and show jumping, but they you can really get unstuck on the race horses if you not careful so th the maturing factor that you've gone through is that something you think is really a key to this initial success um yeah i think so i definitely think so well it's hard enough as it is without everything else going on so yeah i'd say it's probably right yeah so it's been worth the wait though when you get five definitely. on one day and uh oh, boy oh boy there was plenty of social media uh, praising your wins. Where do you go this weekend? Uh, heading to Wandai this weekend. Full book? Uh, I'm not sure yet. Uh, nominations have just come out, so I was just waiting to go on and have a look. I've got a few rides already, but, um, yeah. Wonderful to, be, wonderful to be able to catch up this morning and, and congratulate you on that. And I'm sure it won't be the last time that we uh, catch up and congratulate you on a, a feature race win on Bushby. Well done, Emily. No worries. Thank you very much. Emily Lang on just her second day of race riding, Rob. Five rides for five wins and her two-day career. Uh, some jockeys would kill just to have this on their, their CV. 11 rides for six wins and two-thirds. Yeah, as I said, uh, I've only seen it once before. We were amazed with Alicia Ross, but Emily Lang is breaking those records and uh, she didn't leave many opportunities for the others, did she? Except for Nathan Effens on coffee coming. He got the Class B at, uh, at Warwick out there. And uh, there was one other winner there that went to, uh, or two other winners for Jai Williams, Mark Curry and Peachy Dream. Tony, what about the last horse though, the late for Paul Hamlin and Michael Hemmings? This horse had run fifth in the Battle of the Bush to Womba Heat behind Cappuccino, but it raced in the last race at Gold Coast on Saturday. You don't see this too often. You see it in the country areas. He's only beaten 3.3 after leading. And of course, with all the important uh, horse welfare moves, he's vet tested and so on, Michael backed him up on um, on uh, Sunday in the last race of the day and uh, the late has got home by a neck over Shotgun Sonny and Tabard and uh, Paul Hamlin a great winning ride at 61 and a half 
that's an amazing achievement. Congratulations to uh, Michael Hemmings for the move. Yeah, no, it's uh, not often that you see something like that day to day. As you say, you'll see it happen uh, sometimes with some of the uh, the country race meetings, especially when there's two-day picnics like, say, Oak Park this coming weekend. They'll race yep. Friday, they'll race again on Saturday. Uh, but you don't often see them do something like that where they're, they're, they're going to do exactly what uh, Michael Hemmings did there with Valate. Yeah, line up in the uh, the race at the Gold Coast Saturday, line up in the, uh, the non-Taver at Warwick on the Sunday. Yeah, and uh, that was a great achievement, Emily Lang. As we said, uh, her first win with Love Son at Nanango. They had a fantastic uh, program out there. Their seven event uh, or six event program out there. It commenced with Ask Audrey and Patrick Sexton and Shania Willis uh, with her four kilo claim. Another winner there, taking the benchmark 60 over Vice Man and Special Case. Glenn and Helen, uh, Hannah Richardson combined with Rapid Eagle, the uh, Rip Van Winkle, having his fourth run from the stable, defeating DJC and Coda Flyer in the benchmark 50. Senor Seppi for Tom Dougal and Ben Moffat. A sepoy uh, three-year-old took the maiden over Cause You Can and Parani. And then Flying Cass for Kim Afford. Her stable's been going well all year. And Shania Willis, congratulations, Shania. That must be class a double. So she's getting close to losing the four-kilo claim. A chosen to fly mare over Prince of Diamonds and Stella Way. Uh, Stella Way. And then the final event on the program saw Grazzi for Harry Richardson and Nathan Evans win over Hold All Tickets and My Certain. But a race-to-race race weekend of programs there and dominated by Emily Lang. Uh, magnificent achievement. As you said, we're going to hear a lot more of that young lady. Now, that uh, race at the Nango that uh, Grazzi took out, that was the last leg of the uh, Burn It to the Beach series. And I haven't seen the official tally come through as yet from RQ. Oh, but you'll have it all organised. Well, I've done, <laughs> done my own tally, but sometimes they catch me out when they do some of these series. They have something like, you know, you get one point for a start in the series and then another point for a second start, and then you get two points for a bonus fifth start. And I think I've got it worked out, but because there's money involved, I'm a little hesitant to declare. But I think we're pretty well spot on that uh, after the uh, the whole uh, series that kicked off back in October last year at Eidsvold and then wrapped up at the Nango on the weekend, Modern Family, uh, trained and owned by Kim Afford, uh, takes out the uh, the horse awards. Uh, but uh, Kim wasn't able to uh, pick up both gongs there because Bob Murray uh, just came with an absolute flurry of points in the last couple of legs. I was having a look at it, Rob. It was something like 18 points the week before, I think, wow. that Bob was able to rack up with a whole heap at Gympie. And then threw in another 15 points there at the Nango on Saturday. So Bob has jumped in uh, with his points tally and uh, has ended up... Now, let me just get my notes here. Bob ended up on 80 points ahead of Kim Afford on 65. Uh, for the jockeys, Kelly Gates was already across the line on 41. Couldn't be caught before the Nango on the weekend. Shannon Stephan, 35. And Modern Family, 40 points. Our last penny, 35, was the, uh, the runner-up there. So... 6,600 to the managing owner of the horse. That's Kim Affett and Modern Family. 3,300 to the trainer, Bob Murray. And Kelly Gates that gets the jockey award of $1,100 in the 2021-22 Burn It to the Beach series. And that's one series you can take off your list of maintaining. <laughs> We're starting to whittle them away. We've only got, really, the uh, Far North Queensland Magic Millions Rob Kosh Memorial Up and Coming Stayers series. And that heads to Oak Park. Uh, for the uh, the next leg there coming up on Saturday and then the final leg will be at Cairns on the 12th of July. So we're six legs down and two to go and that's anybody's at the moment. Uh, the horses tally has Love Flies on nine ahead of Craigley Simo and Super Rose on eight apiece. Pietro Romeo on eight points leads James Baker on seven and uh, Kristen Allender on nine points leads uh, Maria Patiris and Trevor Rowe on eight points for the trainers. So that one's anyone's with Oak Park and Cairns to come. One of the other feature races on the weekend came out at Roma. 
Um, Tony, with the uh, rugby slipper, this is a time-honoured race for two-year-olds at Roma. 250 to go. Deb Zelly up on the outside of Princess Marion. Deb Zelly getting to the lead from Princess Marion, then Country Boys and Cragley Arena down past the 100. It's all Deb Zelly. Deb Zelly wins by two and a half lengths. Cragley Arena getting home strongly for second. Country Boys, Princess Marion and a big gap back to Cragley Lackey at the tail of the field. Yes, it's been a, uh, a great uh, move over the last couple of years to have the Echidnas tying up with the uh, Roma Turf Club. So much so, Rob, that I know that uh, the city's gladiators also have their uh, rugby league and races race day through the year with the Roma Turf Club. But for this year, it was Deb Zelly for Matt Crop and Bella Rab Jones taking out the rugby slipper. Yeah, first starter by Spirit of Boom, came off a Toowoomba trial win and uh, a dominant winner in the end over Craig Leagina. But a couple of other features from the meeting, Craig and Hoff back from a spell for Craig Smith and Johnny Rudd. First up some December with a strong win. Nick to skip that uh, didn't quite get the Battle of the Bush qualifications. A few runners in this field that were in that case, Shane Iverson and Olivia Webb defeating Tycoon Zip and Piracy. And Sherwood Prince was a good win for Glenn Richardson, Alicia Donald uh, in the Class 4. The other the winners, Kim McGovern's begin for husband Shane on board. And Jockberg, Pat Richardson, Sarah Champkin defeated the Carpenter and Salazar. And if you're talking cup meetings, of course, up in the far north, the, the furthest north track, I think, just about at Laura. The Laura Cup wait for age over the 1450 saw the Stephen Massingham train battle cry for Noor Yardy. Uh, and all too hard, two wins, three placings, its last five, defeated Forgiato and Buxton. In fact... The meeting featured four Tom Headley-owned winners, uh, those being, and they were all in a row, endorsed for Stephen Massingham and Nor Yardy, so it was a double for Nor, captivated for Fred Whelan and Frankie Edwards, Rigel for Stephen Massingham and Masayuki Abe, and Masayuki's other winner came for Renee Shalens with Be Famous. Uh, and the other winner on the day where all the cutest money went off was Top CD and Eden A over Midnight Raider in the first, Daryl Paradise and Nairi Nelson. But congratulations to the Headley Ownership Group with a fantastic achievement of four. No one's outdone Emily on the weekend, though with five, I noticed. Um, as we go to Gladstone... And unfortunately, Fab's Cowboy wasn't able to get the win that would take him closer to the record. He finished third behind Sfindel for Ian Priesman and Matthew Powell. And it was a race-to-race -race double for the same combination um, because they had a prior win with Thorben in the race with a, pre a prior to that in the maiden plate. But Swindell leading all the way over Wrecking Ball, at Wrecking Ball and Fab's Cowboy. Um, I'm sure Fab's is he's narrowing it down. I think he's up to 49 now, so he's getting closer. Crispy Kev took the win for Lee Kiernan and Adam Sewell in the benchmark 60. Philip Pengali and Nathan Day combined with Marto. And this was a race-to-race -race double for Nathan Day because um, iMagic for Clinton Taylor took the cutest money at its second run for the stable. In fact, it's two from two for the stable, defeating Cabors and only Emma for Billy Johnson. But a very strong win there for Spindell. In fact, that's the second time that it's beat Fab's Cowboy at a Gladstone meeting where Fab's has an absolutely fantastic record. And to wrap up this morning, we go to Mount Isa, where Tanya Parry continued in winning way, uh, a trifecta with That's a Dream over Rapid Style and Fulville on Sky in the Maiden. Justin Borden and Jason Hoopert with an in-form fingertips took the uh, benchmark 65. Cadence in its second run in a row, second win in a row for Sean Roy's. Gen Denisha Smith on board defeated Gigastar and Wicked Willie. And Robert Burrow and Denisha Smith, a double for Denisha's. 
had the win on the Brotherhood over Liz's Delight and Miss Flawless. And Lord Greystroke, second to Teddy Mercury at its last start this oratorio, defeated Craigley, Eltona and Level 8 in the benchmark 70 in a strong little field there that only had three lengths from over the first three runners. But very, very strong racing, Tony. And, of course, there were features that you'll quickly mention, I imagine. Master Jamie, we heard Steve talking to Graham Green this morning. And isn't um, uh, Bubba Tilly, Les Tilly, riding in great form on the Friday? Had a good win with the better rain that uh, finished second to Miss Old Thunder. Uh, up in the uh, the Great Northern race in Townsville, so a couple of features there coming out of um, out of the wins at uh, Rockhampton. Yeah, uh, mentioning uh, there as you say, Master Jamie in the Cup on Sunday, plenty for uh, Adrian Coombe, Brad Pengelly in the Sprint on the other uh, Friday in the Battlers Cup, going to Cota Baru for Chris Whiteley and Graham Green, and also got to mention the Gatton Cup. Hostage of War for Bubba Tilly and Brenton Andrew taking out the uh, the Cup there at the Lockyer Valley Turf Club. The Lightning went to Expresso Love. Jackson Murphy and Danny Begore. And that's back-to-back uh, Gatton Cups for uh, Brent, uh, Billy Rose and Brenton Andrew. I'm trying to find uh, which one it was that they had. Or was it Hostage of War one last year as well? And and isn't it a good time of the year for Bubba Tilly to be riding these cup winners with, uh, of course, Graham Green uh, commenting this morning that he'll definitely be on Master Jamie in the Rocky Cup coming up uh, Saturday week. Is that correct? Mm. Yeah, not too far away. Yeah, there's... Um, there's plenty of good uh, races on the way. Um, just flicking very, very quickly through my uh, calendar there. Uh, the Mackay Newmarket that uh, Olivia Cairns was talking about is Friday the uh, the 15th of July. But, yes, leading up uh, before that, uh, the uh, the big Rockhampton double is going to come through. Newmarket Day is on Friday the 8th of July and then Cup Day on Saturday the 9th of July with uh, William Pike riding at both days and also their Carnival Ambassador speaking at the Calcutta. So busy times coming up as the uh, the coast circuit starts to heat up. And as I mentioned this weekend, uh, Oak Park is back, Ladies Bracelet Day Friday and then the Lindhurst Shield as part of the up-and-coming Stayers Series on Saturday. Saturday's racing also in- to include the Morven meeting transferred from Charleville. It's Stamford Cup Day, it's Clermont Cup Day and as Emily said to us this morning, uh, South Burnett Race Club are racing at Wondo. I want to give a mention as well as a tab program Sunday week coming through at Kilcoy, Rob. That's going to be the Country Heist program. And uh, I had a message coming through from Paul Dolan this morning saying that uh, Kilcoy is all ready to go. Remember, it was only a month ago, beginning of May, that the whole thing was underwater, basically flooded all the way up to the running rail. Well, in the past week, track manager Mark Williams has actually had to put irrigation on the track. He's actually had to go out and water. It's doing doing so well. So that's going to be an amazing recovery story to go from being four feet underwater to actually having to put the sprinklers out there. And all systems go for the, that country heist program, Kilcoy, on Sunday week. And, of course, the TAB meeting, a unique historical moment for Bar Calden on Monday, yes. the 4th of July, yeah. Monday week. So... Um, that's a, an important stature move there for racing in the country areas with a Monday meeting at Bar Calden. And we'll be back to cover those results next week, Tony, uh, on Bush Beach. Just email me at barkatnews.optusnet.com.au. Any great stories coming out. And let's hope we hear more of the stories like Emily Lang coming out of the racing uh, this weekend. Good morning to you, Tony. Good morning, listeners. Good on you, Rob. Have a great week. And thank you to Rob, like Olivia Cairns and Emily Lang for joining us on Bush Beach. And that is our show for another week. Good luck to all who are racing this weekend. And I hope there's uh, plenty of winners if you're out there at the racetracks and enjoy your racing this coming weekend. We'll be back on Bull Street next week to report on that here on Radio Tab.